live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Greetings again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And I'll tell you what, this is the second week in a row that you're going to be treated to an episode featuring my lovely wife. Yay! I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Right. Well, you know, everybody who listens to the X and Y on the Fly show is probably shocked and amazed that we're having two episodes within a week of each other to begin with. That is true. But we couldn't do the next year without having me on it. What would be a new year without my lovely wife? I know, right? Especially right. since we do this every year. Absolutely. And there's no better way to do it. But for you guys who are listening to the Mountaintop podcast, uh, you know, it is a little unusual to have Emily on twice in a row. And I'll tell you what, there's method to our madness. Not only is it time to talk about the new year, but I'll tell you what, I have a great guest. The show's already in the can a world expert on a topic that is extremely important. And I just felt really badly dropping his show on a major holiday. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like Christmas and New Year's both fell on the exact day we usually launch the podcast. And because, you know, I'm a stubborn mofo, I didn't adjust the uh, launch schedule at all, right? Two shows, two holiday shows in a row. So with that, I think it's time to go right into our topic, which is what I affectionately refer to as 2021 foresight. Now, I'll tell you what. They usually say that the older you get, the faster time flies. Well, from at least March until now, this year has felt like half a decade. I mean, <laughs> can you think back to a time when the word COVID wasn't in our vocabulary? No, it's uh, now the new household name and everyone hears it every day. I don't think there's a day that goes by we don't hear that word. Oh, I mean, that goes without saying. No question. I mean, it's all people talk about, and people have been holed up, and lots of people have lost loved ones. Lots of people have lost their jobs. The dating and relating realm has been hit from all sides. I mean, if you're single, chances are you probably still are, after all the lockdowns and and the serious hit that even meeting someone has taken this year. Meanwhile, people who are in relationships have found themselves holed up together, and it's been like the ultimate test of whether or not they get along. So, man, it has just been a rough year in so many ways for so many people. It's no wonder that a lot of us feel very much like it's been a super long year. And, you know, it's funny because anytime for about the past month or so, someone said, hey, you know what? Uh, 2020 was really horrible. There's never been a year worse than this. I would always half playfully joke. Yeah, you know what? There's still time. There's still four weeks. There's still three <laughs> weeks. We can redeem this. Yeah, well, the closing bell has finally rung. It's on to 2021 and time to look at what we call 2021 foresight. Well, I'll tell you what, Emily, I've given my piece on 2020. What else do you have to add to that in terms of dating and relating specifically? Well, I think some people figured out how to get around the dating obstacles with 2020. And knowing that and knowing what to do with 2021 will be helpful because I don't expect much to change in 2021, but I think I'm getting ahead of myself. Well, I would say so. I mean, that is extremely <laughs> pessimistic for someone so perky and optimistic as you to say nothing's going to change in 2021. But before we go off on that point, I want you to elaborate on how you think people have been successful at dating and relating in the year 2020. Because a lot of people are on pins and needles waiting to hear your assessment of that. Well, for some, 
being cooped up at home, we kind of had an opportunity to assess what's important and realize we really do want somebody in our lives. You know, being cooped up by yourself is basically the same thing as solitary confinement. And, you know, it's not fun. And, as a matter of fact, we use that to punish people with. And we haven't done anything wrong. So that's caused a lot of us to decide, you know, I was still, despite 2020 or despite all the restrictions we have, I'm going to get out there and meet somebody. So some people have found ways to meet each other and find joy and happiness because, well, let's face it, life still continues. Well, you know what? It's interesting you would say that because early on in the pandemic, I made what I thought at the time was a bold prediction. I said, you know what? People are going to emerge from this. Whenever that emergence happens, whenever the all clear signal is given, just absolutely champing at the bit to go out and be social and to meet someone. And at least here in Texas, we got a little taste of this place opening up towards the end of the summer. It's been locked down again, largely. And the exact opposite was the case. People were more than content to stay at home, uh, women watching videos and uh, such and playing around on apps, enjoying basking, if you will, in the attention of all kinds of guys without actually having to get all gussied up and go out and risk meeting any of them. And men decided, hey, you know, I got broadband. I'm working from home. Sometimes porn is better than real life. And it's really a sad commentary. Now, plenty of people are feeling the way you described, no doubt. But I was a little bit disappointed in the real world based on the, well, scores of people I talk to on a regular basis who really think this is pretty great. You know, the new normal for them is going to be what was imposed upon them. And let's face it, you mentioned this is like solitary confinement. Well, something's really not punishment if you're choosing that lifestyle for yourself. I mean, notwithstanding the idea of self-flagellation and low self-esteem. I mean, when you're told to do something, your first impulse is, I'm not going to do it. I mean, you know, I listen to rock and roll and the song that they seem to be playing the most on my local rock station is Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine, which, of course, the whole end of the song is F you, I won't do what you told me over and over and over again. Well, somehow that resonates to the listenership. Here <laughs> it sounds in like children. City. Yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> the fastest way to get them to disobey is give them an order. Right. And yet so many people are doing exactly what they're told because they kind of like it. Hey, you know what? Stay home. Don't go to work. Don't have to really deal with people and you'll send me checks anyway. I mean, granted, we need stimulus checks. I'm all for the stimulus checks, but it's amazing how many people, even people who have worked their whole life, picked themselves up by their bootstraps, are saying to themselves, hey, you know what? This isn't so bad. And I think secretly, a lot of people are happy we're prolonging this. Well, you know, doing Zoom meetings with half our pajamas on is, you know, not so bad because you do half the work. <laughs> well, it depends on which half the pajamas you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> provided that there is the other half of the pajamas. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, anyway, not to go down that rabbit hole, literally or figuratively, um, you know, I do think there are plenty of people, especially people who own small businesses, of course, and people who are not deemed essential, who really want to go back to work and make a livelihood. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are still stuck in the middle, especially people who want to go out there and meet the love of their lives, people who realize life is short, and we've already coughed up nearly a year with this, with really ostensibly no end in sight. Yes. And, you know, I always say that at least 2020 is behind us. There is the 2021 in front of us, like you said. 
And what do we have to look forward to? What do we want for our new future? And hey, with January 1st coming around, which is today, we have a New Year's resolution to make. And so one of those things is decide what you want with your love life, whether it be to date multiple people or whether you actually want a true, genuine, serious relationship and work in that direction. It's not impossible to make that happen no matter what the circumstances are. Well, you know, typically, especially over the past decade or so, I've been very vocally against the idea of New Year's resolutions because, A, nobody ever keeps them. They're on an imposed timeline. Oh, it's New Year's Day. I've got to decide I'm going to do something, which inherently waters down how meaningful that is going to be from either a disciplinary or a motivational perspective. Well, we have to decide if it's a wish list or a true want list. And if it's something we really want, we've got to get down and serious. What's the difference between something you wish for and something you want? Well, I may wish for a million dollars, but if I sit on the couch and do nothing, that's not really a want. A want is driven with work and determination and action. All right. So you're talking about the whole idea of smart goals. You know, they're attainable and they're realistic and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Not the imaginary one. I'm going to meet the, the famous GQ guy on the on the new magazine this year, and he's going to be the love of my life. I'm going to get married and be happily ever after. And that would be impossible. Okay. So. Someone's got to marry that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I already got my guy. Well, I'm t- <laughs> I know this was first person. I mean, from that perspective, (laughs) perhaps. Um, You know, but like I'm saying, my position is we should have been taking a year like 2020 and saying to ourselves, hey, you know what? This seems like it's happening to me, but maybe it's happening for me. Since my cheese is being moved so profoundly, what am I going to do about it? How am I going to take these lemons and make lemonade with them? And that's something I've been talking about with my guys all year. You know, how do you beat this COVID funk? How do you fight these psychological demons, you know, because of how badly it's going for a lot of people and, you know, some of the strife that's going on, particularly here in the United States, and a lot of things that really have been collectively contributing to the depression of a lot of people. Ultimately, some people have said, you know, I'm going to battle through this, and other people have really succumbed to it. And I would say in terms of the latter, there are several ways that has been very obviously the case for a lot of people. First off, if you've lost your job, you know, you're scrambling to get another. Some people are having to change careers because what they've been doing for a living, frankly, doesn't even exist anymore. Not for this year. Not for 2020. And maybe not 2021. Right. And ain't nobody got time to wait for that. (laughs) No, we can't. We got to get up and going, right? Right. Exactly. And the next thing is with people's health. A lot of people are putting on the LBs. You know, I started off the year having lost a bunch of LBs. And I'll tell you, it is an absolute daily battle to keep them off. You know, fortunately, we got a couple of youngins around here who keep me running around and playing on skate parks when I'm way too old for that stuff and stuff like that, which is all great, right? But the third way we've been profoundly affected is in our relationships And especially if we're looking for a relationship or even looking for someone to go out and date. Now, a lot of people, Emily, talk about following the science. But when you have a Dr. Fauci saying, hey, you need to mask up and you need to socially distance and we're going to lock down this country. And at the same time saying, oh, by the way, go out and hook up sexually with people. That's okay." I mean, people are, are just left confused. So there was all this talk from a lot of dating coach types like you and I earlier in the year saying, oh, yeah, it's all about Zoom dating. We're going to have virtual dates. And I'll tell you what, that really didn't go over very well. 
People mm-hmm. are thinking, really, am I going to meet someone and we're going to open up our mutual bottles of wine and eat frozen burritos together or, you know, <laughs> get Uber Eats together? I mean, what are we going to do here? <laughs> well, you know, me and my girlfriends, they had thought about doing Zoom Zoom meetings with wine and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it's just not the same. It just, you know, when you're actually in person interacting and talking to each other, hugging and doing whatever, it's not the same on a screen. You might as well, from a relationship standpoint, what's the difference between that and uh, a soft porn, for that matter? Or having a pen pal, (laughs) a long distance relationship (laughs) between two people who are afraid they're going to offend each other if they ever meet in real life or smell funny or disappoint each other or something. Right. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, uh, if you're going to offend somebody by touching them the wrong way. Well, you know, at the risk of getting hate mail, I'm going to say I believe there are two types of people. I believe there are people who were Mr. Nice Guy throughout this whole thing and did what they were told, stayed home, didn't dare go out on a date with someone, right? And if they did go out on a date, it was to a restaurant where they were socially distanced 12 feet from each other outside, and they didn't touch, kiss, hold hands, or anything. Hmm, Hopefully they had a conversation. Well, at least hopefully they connected, right? And I know a lot of people did that. Yes. And I also believe very strongly even though no one's ever going to say this. You know, I'm probably the only person who would be crazy enough to actually say something like this out loud. I think they went out there and redoubled their efforts at meeting and hooking up because it just felt so naughty and it felt so forbidden. I mean, it was like going over to your girlfriend's house while her parents were still at work after school. I mean, it was just the lure of the forbidden fruit, you know? And of course, I don't think anybody talked about that. And I don't think dating coaches were recommending you do it. But meanwhile, Dr. Fauci was out there saying, eh, you know what? It's going to happen. Who cares? Just wear a mask when you're screwing. You know, I think this was rampant. Because if you really, really honestly think about it, once you get into adulthood, yes, provided that you don't have, you know, religious reasons, faith-based reasons for not having sex with someone, right? That thrill of doing something that's naughty and forbidden is harder and harder to come by, if you'll pardon the pun. Well, there's no more parents to walk in on you. Exactly. Right? And, you know, you don't want to risk like your young kids walking in on you if you're a single parent. I mean, that's just over the line. But that thrill of forbidden fruit was there once again. And nobody talked about it. They just didn't talk about it. Right? No, but it was happening. Oh, I think it was. And meanwhile... Meanwhile, over there on the other side of the ledger, all these people are like, how dare people even think about going out there and and hooking up? I mean, you know, you'll catch COVID-19 and you'll die from it. Well, yeah, you know, facts are facts in terms of the death rate. Young, healthy people without a whole lot of comorbidities, you know, generally are not dying of this. Is there a chance that your body could be one of the few who really has a very adverse reaction to this virus? Yeah, sure. But I want to remind everybody who's under, say, 25, that those of us of the Generation X ilk lived through dating in the early 80s into the early 90s, where if you caught another virus sexually, it would kill your ass dead. It made it very scary to have a sexual relationship right then. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, I will remind you, and, you know, HIV is still a leading cause of death. I mean, look it up, okay? I mean, quietly, you know, every time these medical advances happen over time, there's never 
a headline splash about it, right? You just wake up one day and wait a second, I don't hear about people dying of AIDS anymore. And the next thing you know, they have ways to control it as a chronic illness. But still, back in the 80s and early 90s, there was huge rampant fear, phobia. Well, we didn't understand it back then. Right. And despite the CDC facts, people who were heterosexual, non-intravenous drug users still ran around thinking, oh my goodness, if I have sex with someone, it's going to kill me. I'll be the one who God smites with this illness and I'll die. And then you had other people who loved playing Russian roulette. It made it even more thrilling to be that risky. And the one thing that never, never, never happened was the government stepping in and saying, we've got to control this pandemic. Nobody go out there and do the wild thing with anybody. And if you do, we'll fine you, right? If you don't wear a condom and we find out about it, or if you transmit the disease to someone, or if you transmit the HIV virus to someone and it's found out you did it, we will lock you away. And it just, there was no talk like that, you know? Yeah, it's something we didn't hear about. Even on the really rare situations where someone gave it to someone else on purpose, that was just very seldom heard of. And yes, they should have been locked away, put away. Anyone who would purposely do harm to another individual who is sick and give it to someone else should be punished for such a thing. Most places had very strict laws against knowingly passing the virus to someone. I mean, that was a criminal act in most locales. Okay. But my point is people were screwing then. So how naive do we have to be to think they're not now? Of course they are. Human nature is human nature. We, that's the one thing that is truly fun. And if it weren't, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't such a strong desire or such a strong need, let's face it, the human race wouldn't keep existing the way it does. There's a lot of uh, happy accidents that happen on this planet, and a lot of us are happy to be here for that reason. Oh, yeah. You know what? We're going to be very near at the time this podcast drops, to when the COVID baby boom would be starting to happen, right? <laughs> the, Nine months, yeah. yeah the COVID now. boom, that's right. I'll have to research that. Let's see if it's already going on. I like that little t-shirt that says, um, Mommy and Daddy didn't stay nine feet apart. Yes, six feet apart. <laughs> six feet right. apart. Nine, <laughs> six, 12, whatever Whatever, right, exactly. But, you know, there is a strong, strong tie between horniness and forbiddenness. So, I mean, that's my take on that. I think it's been going on. I think in 2021, what will happen is the vaccine will change things. More people will get vaccinated. We'll get the number of immune people up there. And, you know, there's this groundswell of people who just are over this already. And every once in a while, you get a very sobering piece of news, like the 41-year-old recently elected congressman who will never be sworn in because he died with apparently no comorbidities whatsoever of COVID. And of course, that scares everybody back into shape again, you know. And look, how much spin the media is putting on this, what the government is going to try to allow or disallow, all of that's wide open. We got a new administration coming in, most likely, right? And with a Biden administration, who knows how that would change here in the United States? Uh, he's making lots of promises. Who knows, right? For real. Politicians promise lots of things all the time. And even worldwide, there's a lot of things going on with different governments and things opening up and closing down. And even with their efforts to try to control the virus and how it's affecting the population, there's probably a lot of good things that's going to happen in 2021 in that regard. And of course, there'll be a lot of things that we're not going to be happy with in 2021. 
Ultimately, it has to do with how we're going to view it, how our attitude's going to be towards it, if it's going to be good or bad. Well, we can sit here and give a rah-rah speech about optimism and hashtag 2021 foresight like I love to do. But the fact of the matter is, realistically speaking, a lot of people are just beaten down. They're tired. They're sick. They're out of shape. They're out of work. They're still mourning the loss of someone they love or multiple someones they love. And they're lonely. It's hard to see things looking up when you're feeling like you're scraping along rock bottom. And meanwhile, you have the media saying to us as red-blooded human beings, our country is terrible. Things cannot get worse than they are right now. I mean, I was interacting with someone on Facebook just yesterday who honestly believes, having lived in this country for 40 years, that's how old the guy is, that there is no way anything could get worse in the United States than it is right now. It's all the government's fault, and every country in the world is a better place to live than ours. And I was like, Bubba, you need to get out and travel some. He goes, well, I've been to more countries than most, and I still believe that. How did we get here? I mean, that level of pessimism, that level of nihilism, where, you know, it doesn't get any worse than this, I mean, is that someone who's really thinking things are going to get better? I mean, you can say to yourself, oh, you know, since things are at rock bottom, it can only get better. But when people are whining and complaining that this is the worst it's ever been, I don't usually tend to see people pairing that kind of attitude with any measure of optimism whatsoever. I think they just like bitching and complaining. Well, I like to think of optimism. I mean, sometimes I've even been known to say, okay, this is rock bottom. This is the only way to go now is up. Exactly. And I like to pair it with that phrase because, let's face it, what else do I have to win if I say, okay, I've hit rock bottom and I'm going to stay there? I'm a loser. I'm, I'm doomed to stay a loser. And I don't like being a victim. And I don't like thinking that there's nothing that can be done about it. I'd much rather decide, okay, this is the bottom. And now the only way to go is up. And that's where I'm going. Well, there's an old saying, and it goes like this. Losers talk about other people. Winners talk about ideas, right? Yes, that's right. You know, variations agree. of that are successful people talk about ideas, not other people. And there's a whole lot of talk on social media right now about our politicians and about celebrities and about other people, even about each other, right? You know, you're an idiot, Y-O-U-R. It's everywhere, right? <laughs> what I don't hear are a lot of people coming up with their own ideas. It's like, oh, Joe Biden will save us all. Or, you know, Donald Trump, the election was stolen from him. Once he gets back in, America will be great again. Now, what are you going to do about it? Because you're absolutely right, Emily McKay. There are people who hit rock bottom and they wallow in it, like a cesspool. But there are people who indeed believe, I'm going to bounce from this. Once you hit rock bottom, you bounce and you bounce upward. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bounce back. I've I'm done that. it in my life. You've done it in your life. <laughs> I know, right? I'm this great bouncy rubber ball. Boing, boing. <laughs> but the way you know whether someone is giving lip service to that idea versus preparing themselves to do it is how they're talking and what they're talking about. Is it a big blame fest? Is it, oh, woe is me? Is it self-pity? Or is it, here are the ideas. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'll tell you guys and ladies out there who are looking to have better relationships this year, either with someone you're already with or with someone new you're going to meet 
Make a plan. Plan for things getting better. Have your online profile ready to rock. Start talking to people online. Start talking to the right people online instead of just trolling for likes because you want to feel better about yourself because, again, you feel beaten down. If you're in a relationship with someone, what can they do? Well, if you're in a relationship with someone, when you're around all this negativity, understand that it's going to affect you. Now, it's like gangrene. Gangrene spreads mercilessly, relentless. So here's what you do. You have to make the decision that you're going to try to counteract it. I'm not going to say resist it because it's going to be there. For as much negativity that's around us, try to shut out as much of it as possible. But besides that, try to think the opposite. For example, if I'm talking to a friend and I find myself talking about negative stuff, I will stop myself and say, okay, you know what? This is the situation we're in. Let's do this or that, or I'll interject some positive ideas, positive thoughts, news stories that I've heard that was uplifting. Goodness, I remember one night I was up with lots of worries and lots of thoughts on my head. I decided to go and Google happy thoughts. That was the exact phrase I Googled and found a lot of happy things that cheered me up and made me feel better. Now, it's not Pollyannish, and I'm not saying it's a cure, but the more positive you are, the more you're going to impact the love of your life. Because if you're dragging them down, and let's face it, some people we say are pesado. They're heavy. They're hard to be around. I talk about that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. You don't want to be the other half of the relationship that feels pesado. That It's a lot of work to be around this individual because they're just sucking the life out of you because they're just so negative. Try to fight that because... Falling into this and becoming depressed, and it's easy to become depressed. There's a lot to be depressed about right now. And it's easy to make it a habit. Yeah. That we That's have what's going to, on. We have to fight it. We have to resist it. And we have to make, we have to work at it. You know, it's not something that I want to do something and therefore I will just think about it and it will naturally happen. You have to make it a conscious thought, a conscious action. Well, I'll tell you what, as you were talking, a couple concepts came to mind. The first one is the people we hang out with shape who we are. You know, they say you are the average of the five people you hang out with the most. I would also include that to be radio and TV. Well, that's true too. Garbage in, garbage out. That's right. Absolutely. A lot of people are filling their heads with meaningless stuff rather than going and really working on themselves, feeding themselves with knowledge and skills that really could help as we emerge from this because this too shall pass right so if there are negative people around you i mean if there's anybody around you at all you're lucky if you're able to go out and socialize right i know right but in your house sometimes you're stuck with a negative nancy or whatever the male version of a nancy is right right no one wants to be with somebody who's going to drag us down and you're absolutely right the only thing probably worse than being pesado is being pesadoed by someone else. I mean, someone else who's just uh, weighing down on you. So that is absolutely the first thing that came to mind. You don't want to be Pollyannish, but you have to fight this. You have to fight the depression because it creeps up on you like mold. And you have to go out there, go outside and breathe oxygen, you know, more than six feet away from other people. Sure. Right. <laughs> well, you know what I've done lately is your phone has this magical little thing on it that limits how much time you're on social media. And believe it or not, if you sit down and do the math, if you did two hours a day, 365 days out of the year, that actually totals up to 30 days a month. That's Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's the time I could be out there exercising, shedding off the COVID weight I just added on. 
cleaning the dishes. We're not talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We'll we'll just pretend I didn't say that. Anyway, there's so much. Other people listening should have put on the COVID weight you put on. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Or, you know, hell. (laughs) Give them hell, too, while you're at it. Well, my goodness, there's so much more we could do. We could even be, you know, like romantic and go on dates and do all kinds of awesome things. Yeah, hopefully y'all out there in relationships are doing the wild thing more while you're locked down instead of less. Just saying. Right? right? So just thinking about that, trying to get out there and do more positive things. Get off the phone. Get off the apps. If you need to, limit your time to, if you're doing five hours a day, you know, lower it down to four. If you're doing two, you know, do what you can to do more positive things. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, obviously, a huge factor here is avoiding negative conversations online, which I can't believe how many millions of people do the exact opposite of. I mean, they run towards negativity on Twitter and Facebook rather than running away from it. I can't believe how many people on January 1st of the following year are still talking presidential year politics. I mean, there's just got to be a rev limit on that. I mean, for me, I'm long past it. I mean, you know, my pistons are about to blow here. Pardon the analogy. <laughs> well, you but, know, you still have to live your daily life. Exactly. The other thing that came to mind as you were talking before, Emily, the other concept that kind of just registered in my mind is how much self-awareness we need. You know, the good old concept of self-awareness we've been talking about on the Mountaintop podcast for sure. Do we even know that we're sort of being lulled to sleep in terms of ambition and drive and discipline and our mindset in general? Do we even realize we've slipped into a depression? Do we realize we're losing our friends, that our relationship isn't what it used to be, that we're even losing the wherewithal to want to go find someone to spend time with? Are we kind of saying, hey, you know what? It's too much work. Yeah, it's too much work. I'm kind of enjoying this default laziness. You know, that's a disease. And we've got to realize this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I asked for. I still am my own agent for what I want in my life. I still have free will. And wake up and go get it. And that involves self-awareness, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's better that you become awake and aware of it now rather than 50 years from now when, let's say, when we're 80, 90 years old and looking back going, you know, I wish there was somebody around here who could help me change my diapers. Watch our relationships, develop our knowledge, guard our mindset as if our life depends on it, because it probably does. Search out facts. Don't believe everything you're told. Look behind every headline, okay? Because there are agendas out there, and even the words facts and science are moving goalposts, right? And by all means, ladies and gentlemen, if you are ready to get your life into high gear when it comes to your relationships this year, if you want 2021 foresight and you want to enrich your relationship or find the love of your life this year and you are ready, motivated, and disciplined enough to have singular focus on that goal, we want to hear from you. We do. Call us. We want to hear what you have to say about it, what your goals are, what you want, what your desires are. Yeah, and then we can put a plan of action together with you. You don't have to be alone in 2021. We can be right there by your side to make it all happen. And the end result there, Emily, is the love of your life will be by your side. And what more could you ask for? 
Right, exactly. So if you are a guy, go to mountaintoppodcast.com, click on the red button in the upper right-hand corner and talk to us. It's free. 25 minutes won't cost you a dime. And if you are a woman, go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast, and that's one T in Scott, S-C-O-T, and you can click a similar button in the upper right-hand corner there. That will get you 25 minutes for free with Emily and or myself to talk about 2021 and how it's going to be your best year ever. And you are going to find the relationship of your dreams either with someone new or someone you've someone you've already been with. Yeah, rekindle that wonderful love life. Absolutely. And until we talk to you again real soon, my name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. We're coming at you from X and Y Communications in San Antonio, Texas. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisper, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for... The X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.